Well, hey, welcome to the Becoming Better podcast, week two, talking about someone is missing, a deep dive into the Holy Spirit. And on today's episode, uh, Corey, Jason, and myself, Josh, uh, we jump in kind of talking about Corey and his role here with us on specifically our Prescott Valley campus. Jason shares a little bit about uh, his weekend and uh, his hunting story, which they're always fantastic. And then we spend uh, just a couple of minutes uh, talking about uh, Israel and Palestine and just the stuff that's happening um, in in that side of the world and uh, have a moment and opportunity to pray. And so our intro may be a little longer this week. Um, it's about 20 minutes. And so if you are looking to just fast forward into the conversation about uh, this week's sermon, uh, you can uh, jump over to about the 20 minute mark uh, to do that. But in that, we'll talk about some of the roles of the Holy Spirit. We'll ask why the Holy Spirit maybe isn't talked about as much. And then we'll finish off uh, talking about the gender of uh, God and really the gender of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a fantastic conversation. As always, thanks for uh, sending in questions. Thanks for listening along with us. And with that, let's jump into this week's conversation. Wait, happy... Nope, it's not. I was wrong. It's Wait Tuesday. There you go. Say it, Jason. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Awesome. We got an, uh, a guest with us today, um, the one and only Corey Heward from our yeah. Prescott Valley team. So welcome, Corey. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I guess when uh, a lot of people are out of the office this week, you got to reach pretty deep on the bench and grab the <laughs> resident from Prescott Valley. So, but no, I'm happy to be here. That's great. Maybe. So you you talk about Corey as the Prescott Valley resident. I think of Corey, the little snot-nosed kid running around here 15 years ago. So Corey's family's been a part of this church for like, I don't know, 16, 17 years yeah, a little more than that. Yeah. 18, so, 19 maybe. Yeah. So. so I served with Corey's dad. He was an elder here. And so uh, I remember Corey the kid yeah. running around here. So so do a lot of people at the Prescott campus. So yes. it's sometimes nice to be at the PV, not be known as Corey the kid or high school. <laughs> high school worse. Corey. That, so. is, <laughs> that is worse. Nobody wants to be known as, as the high school yeah. self. No. Oh, no. We all made some. Interesting mistakes, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Corey, since some people listening don't know you, um, obviously we thought we'd give you an opportunity just to kind of introduce yourself, tell us about, I know you've been on our team for a little over a year and a half now. Yep. Uh, you've been primarily at the Prescott Valley campus. Mm-hmm. I know you, you do uh, first impressions um, and that team out there, and then do some stuff here to care with uh, myself and Anthony. So he's on mm-hmm. uh, my team. So obviously we've loved having you. I know Jason would say the same. Our team thinks you're great. I know Kenny and uh, Amy the same way, PV folks. But yeah, tell the folks a little bit about who you are. You married, kids, all that good stuff. Yeah. So my wife, uh, her name's Linda, and we've been married for a little over three years now. Um, we've got one little one named Oakley. He's just turned a year in end of sep- or end of August. End of August. Um, so that's been fun with 
him and then we're actually we've got one one in the belly right now so linda's about 19 weeks pregnant somewhere in that range so get to find out the gender in about a week or two so we're pretty pretty excited about that so i mean obviously you're uh hoping for a boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're allowed to say that but i i would love a a couple boys in the house. That'd be yeah, fun. baby. So I, again, I was we always say, "What do you mean, hoping for boys?" Got one. He's named Oakley. I mean, but he wants another one. I'll I take another one. <laughs> I know. But we, you know, I always say, I would always answer, "Yeah, man, I just want it to be healthy." But like, if it's of course, I would be cool with another boy. And God kept doing that thing. So there we go. Yeah, so everybody remind reminder for everyone. Josh has four boys. Four you boys. didn't want a you didn't ever want a girl? Nope. Once we had two boys, we were kind of like, whew, a girl would really mess things up. <laughs> so he, here's the crazy thing, though. Getting to know the Garrett family a little bit more, Linda has actually started to shift. Like, if we had a family of all boys, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. She was never like that. She she needed her little girl, and now she's like, boom. Oh, Diana is for fun. sure a boy mom. Oh, she's for sure a boy mom. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing all this great at it. Yeah, I, it, it would be different. You and know, she yeah, she doesn't tolerate the no shenanigans <laughs> of a bunch of boys. She's, no, she's not afeard no. of those uh-uh. boys. So that's great. All right, so college, where'd you go to school, Corey? Yeah, so went to a small little Bible college in Minnesota called Crown College, um, about forty-five minutes west of the Twin Cities. A uh, little Christian Missionary Alliance affiliated school. Um, got and to. And why did you go there? Tell everybody why you went there. Well. So I found out about it. I got recruited to play football. There you but that's, go. That's <laughs> it. I, I was fully content not playing. I was ready to not play football in college. Um, got a text message and then checked out the school. It was exactly kind of what I was looking for. Um, God definitely directed me in that way. Did not want to go to Minnesota. Did not want to go up to Minnesota for college, but um, it's definitely where he had us. And the moment that I drove on campus, it was like, oh, shoot. Okay, I may be, I may spend the next four years of my life up here. So, ended found, up working out well. Got a wife. Got a wife. Yep. Yeah, family. So, so. I'm. That's I'm why you go to happen. Bible college, right, Jake? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for one of those ladies who are longing for their MRS degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's been cool hearing some of their stories that they'll meet and heard another story about them, uh, him and Linda. So it's been cool to have you guys on the team. Uh, Corey, just so everybody knows, you know, I'm somewhat of a shoe guy. Corey is a watch guy. So he's always correcting us and telling us <laughs> new things about watches. Um, and so he's got a great... So uh, tell us about the watch you have on your hand right now. Oh, the watch I got. This is a dangerous conversation if we want this podcast <laughs> to be timely. But uh, this timely? is my. This is my. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This is my 1963 Seagull. So it's a mechanical chronograph. So I don't even know. I don't even means. know what that means. It, means it doesn't have a battery. You have to hand, hand wind it, and oh. it's a ticking or not a ticking. It's a sweeping second hand rather than the ticking. Of a battery watch, like a Rolex, they don't tick. Right? Correct, a Rolex would sweep as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. for all of you who are listening, you can come up to Corey on Sunday and have a watch conversation, and he would love to be able to yep. tell you about. He would. he would. He would. He would. If you're, he does see some of your all's watches and points them out. Absolutely. So I've had looking. a lot of conversations just from seeing what's on someone's left wrist. So, you know, I'm randomly wearing mine on my left wrist, but I'm left-handed and. Because I'm like, I don't want to be 
pigeonholed into this world of against lefties. <laughs> so I put it on my left hand. Don't you dare judge me. Um, so here would be my question for you yeah. uh, before we jump ahead. Give me a a behind the scenes. So you grew up going to church here, mm-hmm. and now you've been on staff here for the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. W- what have you learned about being in in leadership at the church as opposed to just attending? Uh, what's What's been the thing that has stood out to you most over your last 18 months? Yeah. Well, you learn that everything that you see on a Sunday morning or in you know your life group questions or whatever you might be seeing from the uh, from just attending church, all of those things take a lot, a lot of preparation, a lot of thought, a lot of discernment. So um, it's been cool, you know, seeing how how it all gets done and knowing like there's so much thought, there's so much prayer going into even some of the things that we would consider smaller details on a Sunday morning, um, being able to see, you know, how we, how we make the decisions we make has been really, really a cool opportunity for me. So sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Well, Jason, I know you had an interesting weekend. Um, tell us what you did. So my son had an elk hunt this weekend, so we went out uh, Thursday night and started doing an elk hunt. Um, For those of you who are hunters, it was the multi-unit elk hunt, um, you know, mostly up around 18A and B and 19. And so we went up and we're on Yavapai Ranch and did that thing. Um, Here's the... Here's the interesting part of the story, all right? I'll tell you all this because it's going to get out because I went up and my son put in a tag with with uh, like John Cava. Shout out to John. He's a uh, frequent listener of the podcast. Tim Dunsing, uh, Jeff Wilhelm, um, and then we had some guys like Gary Wilson who just came out and hung out with us to uh, help because... Hunting is a communal thing, which is cool. So, so also, I believe all four of those listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great. Love those guys. And they're going to give me so much flack for what I'm about to tell you. So I might as well just say it out loud now. All right? Get ahead of the story. Get That's ahead. It. Control the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> so I text them on Thursday and said, hey, we've got a, a quad a four by four quad would it be helpful if we bring it up. It's got a winch on it. Thinking that there's sometimes you get a, a an elk and you got to hang it to to skin it, and you could throw a winch up over a tree and drag the thing up. And so I said, "Hey, would it be helpful for us to bring it out?" And they said, "Yeah, that'd be great." So loaded it up on this little uh, little trailer that my son. Uh, I don't even know where he found this thing. He again, he it's one of his. Facebook Marketplace something. Ended up with two. Tra- he brought a trailer home one night that had two trailers on it. So he had a trailer with two trailers. Anyway, so we used one of these trailers. And we're, we're driving out uh, Williamson Valley Road. So, again, for those of you who don't know, Williamson Valley Road runs north from Prescott all the way to Seligman. It runs all the way to Interstate 40. About 20 miles out, it goes from pavement to dirt. And so then you've got another almost 40 miles of 
of dirt road, and we were just about oh, 10 miles south of 40 is where Yavapai Ranch is. So that's where we were hunting. So we load this squad up, and we're bebopping out Williamson Valley Road. And it gets rough in some spots, and, and I'm driving like, like I normally do, which is usually about 10 miles too fast. So we're bouncing this thing down the highway or down the, the dirt road, and then all of a sudden we hear this funny sound. And I looked at Levi, and Levi looked at me, and we stopped there on the dirt road on Williamson Valley, and I look out. And I get out, turn around, look at the trailer, and the tire's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Just gone. Like, not not busted, not not raveled, you know, not shredded. It doesn't exist. (laughs) All... All it has is the rim, and the rim is all, it is total bent out. Like, it is flat now. It doesn't have any ridges on it. It's just flat. And we're about 10 minutes, I'm sorry, about 10 miles from the camp spot. And I don't know when it left. I don't know when the tire went away. Prescott. You were driving that way since you did it, Prescott. So we, so I look at Levi and I'm like, and it's dark, you know, we still got to put up camp. And I'm like, oh man, what do we, I said, I guess we're just going to rim this thing all the way out there. And so, so we drove, we, I said, all right, I, I can't fix it here on the side of this road. I don't, we didn't have a spare for it. And so I said, we're just going to go. And so I just dra- started dragging this thing the rest of the 10 miles. We get about three miles up the road, and there's another different sound as we're going <laughs> over one of the many cattle guards that you hit. Mm. And so I pulled over, and now the rim's gone. Like, like legit gone. Like, none of it's left. And so literally all... All that's there now is the the hub of the axle. And so it's just got one circular piece of steel on this that has the holes in it that you connect the wheel to. And again, I look at Levi, and we're still six miles out. And I'm like, I don't, it's, it, we can't leave it here. So... We're just going to keep going. <laughs> and so we we drug this thing another six miles up the road. And by the time we get there, like, like that hub had been shrunk down to whereby like the holes for the lug nuts are don't exist anymore. It had, it had just oh wore off that much of the axle at that point. I mean, there's just like none of it. Le- it reminded me of, do you remember the, anybody Shawshank Redemption fans? Yep. Yep. So when they show his little rock hammer that he had used and it had gotten, it gotten beaten down to the little nub that to, to use to escape his prison, well, that was what this axle looked like by the time that we get there. And so I dra- <laughs> I dragged this trailer up, and these guys were just like oh, I can giving me the grief. Yeah. They were giving me the business, yeah. and I'm sure if any of you are out there, I'm... Uh, 
somebody got photographic evidence of the busted trailer that we drove. So the up question the hill. is, was that trailer the trailer that was pulling the other two trailers? No, no, or no. Or is that one of the trailers he worked on? It was no, no, no. It, no, it wasn't his fault. Uh, maybe it, I, no, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was mine. But I just went too fast. The tires were too Little. small to be going down yeah. that road that fast. And so, so I, how did it was you? Totally, what did you do to fix it? So on Sunday after church, so we went hunting. Uh, so we stayed Thursday night, and so hunted Friday, hunted Saturday, and then we came back to town on Saturday night. Um, excuse me, I wanted to to be at church on Sunday, so we went to town on Saturday night, and we took the axle off the other trailer. And took it back. And took it back up there and, and, and replaced the, the axle on it. Oh and uh, and got it home. And drug it home last night. So, yeah, that, we, we made it. That's but, fantastic. Kellen, did you get any, like, did you get anything? No, we didn't. We oh. struck out. We struck out. See anything? I didn't. We did not see any elk. Um, mm. We saw a few deer, saw some coyotes, all of that kind of stuff, but didn't mm. see any elk. Um, but as of today, so again, today is Tuesday, uh, John Cava was still out there, and I've heard a rumor that he's on the elk now. Like, we never saw any, um, but there he may be on them. But I had to come back to work, and yeah. leave us got to get back to... Uh, he's, he's got classes at Yavapai College, so mm. they don't have fall break off. No fall break. Well, nice. So, yeah. There you go. Good times. Good times. Always something in a hunting story. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, before we jump in and talk about uh, the sermon, we do want to say one thing, uh, Jason. So, um, obviously, there's some stuff going on in the news, and we'll let you share uh, kind of about that. Yeah, we had some people uh, who asked us about what was going on in Israel uh, on Sunday, and um, had a handful of people come up and ask some of our pastors kind of our thoughts and and we should be praying for them and I'll be again I'll be honest I was out hunting and so I was away from the news I didn't know what anybody was talking about um, I didn't have my phone on and there was no service so uh, when I came back last night which would have been Monday night uh, that was the first time that I clicked on the news and actually got to hear kind of what was going on uh, between Israel and Hamas <clears throat> And so, you know, it it obviously is a huge, huge deal. Thousands of of lives are have been lost, um, and from all um, projections, it's going to get ugly over the next weeks and months, and thousands of more lives are going to be lost uh, in this. Both. Uh, people in the Gaza Strip, and obviously people in Israel. So this is um, it's a horrible situation. Um, I've gotten to go to Israel twice, and uh, gotten, I've been in the West Bank. Um, Bethlehem, for those of you who don't know, is actually in the West Bank, Palest- Palestinian territory. And so I've I've gotten to see these, uh, the, the friction and tension of, of these Palestinian settlements and how they think about the Israelites, and the Israelites see um, the Arab Palestinian settlements, and and it 
it for sure is just a powder keg that's just been waiting to happen for years. And the fact that this has happened really should not come as a surprise to anybody who's had any connection um, with Israel and the Palestinians. So uh, I think the first thing that we would say is that our heart is broken for it. Like we look at this and we see it as evil, like the the surprise attack on the the Israelites of in in uh, Israel that it's just evil. It's it's awful. It is the sin of humanity coming out, and it it it's devastating and it's heartbreaking. And so we do want to pray <clears throat> for all of those families who are still waiting to figure out what happened to their loved ones who've been taken hostage. Uh, Hundred, I can't imagine. I saw an interview of a young father. Uh, who, whose wife had called him when some of the uh, terrorists had come into their town and were going house to house and taking people, and his wife and his two daughters had been taken. And he saw some of the news footage of these families in the back of the truck, and he saw his wife and one of his daughters in the back of the truck being taken away and it's just devastating. I can't, all of us would just be heartbroken in that. And so, so we definitely want to pray with and for them. And again, we know on the other side that there's going to be mass casualties of innocent people in the Gaza Strip who had nothing to do with this attack in Hamas, by Hamas into Israel. And and they're, they're going to be casualties, and it's heartbreaking on that front too. And so we look at this and say this is a reminder to us that evil exists in the world. It's a reminder to us of why people need Jesus. And the sad reality is that the Arabs in the Gaza Strip and 98% of the Israelites in or the Jews in Israel, they none of them have a connection with Jesus. And, and so we, we we're witnessing what happens uh, when we're not living uh, in surrender and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is just going to get ugly, and we hate it. And we do want to pray for peace over those people and uh, over those circumstances. Um, and I pray that it actually would create a revival that those who are followers of Jesus in that area would get to leverage their good news, the gospel of Jesus, in the midst of these horrific circumstances. So um, I think that's the big yeah. thing is just yeah. we, our heart breaks for them. And so uh, I think we would like to pray. Yeah. So let me pray um, for them. Right now, so Father, we are heartbroken as we see what happens when sin is not fought against, when sin becomes um, accepted into our life, when people live out um, their desires, and this is what happens when our hearts are unregenerate, when they're not 
submitted to the lordship of Jesus, these evil things. Jesus himself said, murder, just it comes up from our hearts. It's what's in us, and it comes out. And so we're, we're watching it, and we hate it, and I know you hate it. And so we pray for Israel. We pray for that the Jewish nation. Um, God, I pray more than anything for a revival, that they really would come to a place of knowing you and loving you, surrendering to Jesus as the Messiah. We pray for the peace of Israel from these attacks that, that come from all around this one little little nation, this little piece of land. God, I pray for those in the Gaza Strip, those who have not done anything that would warrant um, the pain and suffering that they're going to endure because of the sin of others. And so I pray your peace over them as well. Father, we have such a finite view of all of this stuff. We can't, we can't understand how it all unfolds, and we can't understand why it happens in the grand scheme of the story that you're trying to tell. And so we just ask for your comfort to these people. God, do your work. Draw them to yourself. And it's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to kind of shift now into uh, Sunday and the sermon. Uh, we were in week two of our uh, series we're doing now on the Holy Spirit, which, again, seems to be going over really well, getting a lot of people uh, coming up and chatting about it. I know, Corey, you mentioned um, the same thing. It's kind of going on in PV. People are real excited to uh, to be hearing about it. And so, um, uh, yeah, so obviously I had the opportunity to get to preach um, Sunday um, it was a really fun one. Um, you know, we have been working on this for a couple weeks. And so, again, shout out to our sermon prep team, uh, Jason and Corey, you guys are both on it. And then all the others, um, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago we looked at it and uh, you guys were like, hey, we need to narrow in and really focus. And so a lot of that back end stuff, it came out of that. And then even one more time when we looked at the sermon, it even got narrowed down even more. And so I was talking with somebody on Sunday and was just like, man, I'm so grateful for a team of people looking in that has eyes on it. I'm so grateful for the process that we do. So I uh, appreciate you guys and just uh, grateful that it seems to uh, it went over well for people. So what were your all thoughts, um, you know, obviously of the sermon? Um, you know, you read it and then listened to it. <laughs> um, and then what you were hearing from people. Yeah. So let me jump in first. Like, again, the big idea is what makes Jesus better? Well, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit better. Like Jesus tells us, it's good for you. It's good for you. Yeah. And that is such a foreign thought, I think, for most of us. And we even got a question or yeah, two do. that yep. point to that. So I don't yep. want to steal the thunder from yep. the question, but it's such a huge deal. And it just goes to show why this series is so important, mm -hmm. is because people don't understand the gravity of, of, of this gift the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit being given to us, we just have missed it. We've just missed it. And so the overarching thing that I have heard so far in this series is, my goodness, this is such a big deal. Why is it that churches don't talk about this? I know. And my my pat answer is, um, because wait till next week and everybody's arguing. So that's why we don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it because yeah. I know what's coming. Because because we we have a hard time understanding all of 
the complexity that comes with the Holy Spirit. And so it it because we don't understand it, it's easier to avoid it. It's oh, also yeah. why you don't yep. hear uh, uh, tons of sermons, you know, on on Revelation chapter six, right? Because <laughs> because we do, because when you don't understand it, it's hard to to come around with clarity with it. So, yeah. um, but it is such a needed topic, and and I thought you did a great job right. on Sunday. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think for me, like huge reminder on Sunday was the idea of the Holy Spirit being a promise of the new covenant. Like, I really appreciated your Joel passage yeah. because when we think about the new covenant, we always think of this one incredible gift, and that's the gift of Jesus as our Christ. You know, yeah. the gift, the forgiveness of sins that comes from what he has done for, for us. Um, and we don't think about this other incredible gift, the yeah. gift of the advocate coming after Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so um, for me, remembering that the Holy Spirit was a promise of the new covenant. And um, that's a gift that I have kind of pushed aside as well at times for sure and forgotten about. And so as Jason was saying, you know, we don't talk about it so much. Uh, We don't talk about this topic so much in the church. And so um, I just really appreciated that from from Joel. Yeah. With that, you know, I thought you did a great job of, of helping kind of set that tension of if you were just one of the uh, Jewish slaves walking out of Israel and, and I'm sorry, walking out of Egypt, heading to the promised land. And God says, Hey, build me a tent and I'll come and I'll join you guys in the, in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle. Like the priests got Mm -hmm. to go in and experience that. Right, the high priest once a year we get to, but if you're just a regular old common, you're never going to get there. Yeah. You're never going to get to experience the power and the presence of God through His Spirit. Like that's just not, and you would have no expectation that you would ever get to. And it's something that all of us as Christians today, again, it's ho hum. We take yep. it for granted, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was just a powerful picture. Just as a reminder of. Goodness, what a glorious, glorious gift that we've been given. Yeah. You know, it's really cool too. So there was a couple, there's two things that made. So eight o'clock, if you listen, there are actually two added pieces and then, well, one in the 930 and then one in the 11. So uh, Jason listens, he's in the room, um, we get off and we always do this. If you ever see us at Pastor's Point talking, it's usually we're all talking about, hey, how do we improve the message? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, hey, I just thought of something. The Holy Spirit was just working on me, <laughs> you know, and it was great. It was the one part about, you know, the disciples had Jesus for three years and all fell away. Every one of them. They all left. They were all gone. Yet they get the Holy Spirit and they they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Like they actually are in the face of danger and they're like, bring it. I don't, you know, I don't care. But just such a great reminder for us because we do all say, oh, I wouldn't go anywhere. I mean, if I could just, Jesus was next to me all day long, my faith would be so great. I'd be so awesome. And we see this picture and it was such a great thing of like, no, that's right. And then the same way is like they had Jesus for such a short time, a very small time. Again, most of the guys lived probably a couple more decades after Jesus ascends into heaven. And that's what we read about with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The transformation that comes, not from a life 
of knowing Jesus, yeah. but from a life of knowing Jesus, being reminded of all the and things Jesus told, and transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was funny because it came from, again, you you threw it out, and you're so right. We would all say, if Jesus was here, my faith would be great. I would never fall away, which is exactly what Peter said about four hours before he walked away. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. I'll die for you, Jesus. And Jesus, being arrested, looks Peter in the eye as Peter is denying him. Yeah. Like, he's standing there face-to-face across the courtyard Denying, but without that Holy Spirit, he walked away. And again, as you said, all of them did. They all ran away. Then when we come to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and they're running into the danger. They're rejoicing at the fact that I get to be beaten. I get to go to prison. Oh my goodness. I have been counted worthy to suffer for the name. That only came because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there's a transformation there that I think we've we've totally underutilized. Um, so it was good stuff. Yeah. Really good. So we got a couple questions. We got one from um from Diane, I just want to mention it. I don't. We're not going to probably answer it, but I do want to. I want to acknowledge. So Diane's a group leader, um, and she called me uh, Monday afternoon last week and said, "Hey, so our group meets on Monday. The podcast isn't out on Monday. We still have some questions." I said, "Okay, we'll listen on Tuesday. If we didn't answer your question, just send them in. We love answering yeah. questions." So I wanted to acknowledge she did send a question in, but it's actually going to be the entire sermon for this uh-huh. week. So her question was, "When does the Holy Spirit actually come to us?" Uh, and they, she said, in her group, they all gave scriptures and they all talked about things. And she said, "We, her, I love how she said, she said, we know we'll be getting into details during the next several weeks, but this is a burning question for us.' So I would just say. Hey, we are going to talk about that next week um, for sure. This but week. This, this week. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. This Sunday. Yeah. But for all of you who are group leaders or are in a group and there's questions that get asked and maybe you don't have the answer to in the group, man, send them in. Yes. Even if it's a week after, we would love to answer them. And in this case, we can go, hey, look, we're actually going to talk about that next Sunday or this Sunday. Um so if there's still questions, then go ahead and send them in. But a lot of this series, I think, is going to unpack a lot more answers for people. And but, create more questions. And create more questions, probably, <laughs> for sure. Um, so um, just wanted to make sure, uh, Diane, that you saw we did get your question, but also other groups and other group leaders know that we this is what it's there for. This so is the resource. Let me let me try to answer her question this way and just say um, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the real answer to your question, Diane. Uh, and we'll unpack that this week. <laughs> we, it is it's a forty minute sermon this week. Just yeah, trying to is. answer that. So yes, it is. we uh, we can't do it justice here on the podcast with three minutes or five minutes in this question. Oh, no, so definitely not. We'll we will unpack it and and try to look at it from as many sides as we can. And hopefully next week at this time, you can come out of your the service on Sunday and then ask the follow-up questions and we'll address them yeah. on Tuesday. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So uh, first question, kind of what we talked about uh, from Adam, thoughts on how Christendom as a whole got so far away from teaching the Holy Spirit dwells in us and for us to rely on him as Jesus tells us. So it seems teaching, starting at the youngest of Bible classes, are always focused on Jesus. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think it comes from, I think 
honestly part of it is the idea that there's it's this concept is so hard for us to understand you know there's so many questions around how how does the holy spirit work in us when does the holy spirit work in us all these questions that i'm sure everybody's talking through in their life groups and all the questions that um we're hoping to help clarify in the next couple weeks and also as jason said bring up more questions um i think there's just such it's easier not to Mm. it's a lot easier not to talk about the holy spirit sometimes and um I mean, Jesus is our guy, you know, we love Jesus, Jesus, we know what Jesus came here to do. And it's very, very, not very clear, but a lot more clear than um, the work of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I think it's just easier. Yeah, easier I think that's to. the biggest part of it is, I mean, when you're you're talking about from the earliest age, you try to, I'm 45, six, mm-hmm. I'm 46, and I still don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a lot easier to do a flannel graph of Jesus walking on water than it is to talk about this, the indwelling of the Spirit. For sure. <laughs> and so I think that is a big part of it. And And again, one of the things that we're going to talk about is Jesus is preeminent. Like the whole point of the Holy Spirit is not ever to come and talk about himself. He's always pointing us back to Jesus. Like that's his role. And again, we'll talk about that uh, this coming week. That is his role. He wants to do that. He wants to glorify. We're told that the the Spirit has come to glorify the Son. So us spending time talking about Jesus and lifting him up and glorifying him and giving him our love and adoration and making him supreme in our life, those are all good things. And we want that foundation for our kids. Um, But the Holy Spirit is supposed to help us in doing that. And so we've left that piece out. So that's why we're using this image of a three-legged stool with one of the legs missing because we're trying to accomplish this thing that we should be doing it without the one who was given us to help us accomplish it. So I think you're right, Corey, 100%. It is about the concept is just so difficult for us to wrap our minds around this. The Trinity itself is hard to explain. We can't, how does this spirit fit in? And again, sometimes I think we actually even take it to a degree that's unhelpful, the Holy Spirit is sometimes called the Spirit of Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so again, it's like, well, what do we do with that? So it is Jesus. It is the same Godhead. We have the essence of the Trinity. He is God and He is in us, just as Christ is God. Jesus is God. And so, again, it just gets so convoluted. I think it. we just like, yeah, uh, seven-year-olds, let's not try to confuse them. Let's just teach them Jesus. Yeah, no, for sure. I had a guy come up Pastor Point. It was such a great question. He goes, hey, so you know Galatians 2, 20, it's no longer I who lives, but, but Christ, Christ who, who lives, lives in, in me. me. That's right. He goes, "How? so Jesus lives in me and the Holy Spirit lives yeah. in me? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for Paul, in Christ yes. meant something, and really it meant that you were trying to, that you had surrendered your life to Jesus and those qualities of Jesus, like we see in Philippians, he's talking about, I wish I had the same attitude of that of Christ Jesus. And then he gives us the a famous Philippian hymn, yeah. right? And he said, that's what it should look like. And I said, the work of the Holy Spirit 
is to help that work happen. Yeah. Like that's what it really is, right? So they're in tandem. So yes, yeah. it is the presence of Jesus in me by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Via the Holy Spirit, yeah. 100%. But it, yeah. like you said, I'm not talking to that with Silas. Right. Like I just want him to love Jesus. We're not, you know, you're singing over Oakley, Jesus loves the little children. You're not going, Holy Spirit loves the little You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, huh? Like it's just, it is such a hard yeah hard concept to wrap your head around. But even that question was like, so which is it? And I'm like, it's both. It is. It is. He does live in you. Yes. <laughs> Via the Holy Spirit. Via the Holy Spirit. Yes. So um, definitely. All right. So here's another question. Speaking to some of just the confusion that comes, uh, this is from Karen. Hello. My question for the podcast is about the gender of the Holy Spirit. I've heard the opinion that the Holy Spirit is feminine. What are your thoughts on this? Um, so I think this is a pretty easy answer for us. The simple answer is our God is a spirit and has no gender. And so, again, we, we've gotten kind of caught up in, in, in a lot of gender talk over the last couple of years here in the West. Um, the, whole, the, the spirit has no gender. God is a spirit. Our God, God the Father, has no spirit. Jesus came as a manifestation of the spirit in the flesh. So Jesus came and put on flesh. God did not have flesh before that. He was a spirit. He is a spirit. That's what scripture teaches us. And so we get caught up in trying to assign a gender to something that it does not have gender. So the our God is a genderless God. When he came, he manifests himself in the body of a man through Jesus Christ, put on flesh. Now, all of the, the attributes that are applied to God all throughout Scripture, all of the pronouns, all of the verbiage, familial language is always is always male. It's 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 always masculine. We have God our Father, but Jesus is the Son. Like this, there there's always it's always masculine. And even as we've seen with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always spoken of in the masculine form. So as we shared, Jesus uses the word he, 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 he every time when talking about the Holy Spirit. And again, that would make sense. If God calls himself the Father, Jesus is referred to as the Son, which are both masculine, and the essence of the Spirit is also in that same triune Godhead. Why would we not think that he would be uh, referred to in the masculine form? Now, this question that she refers to comes from the idea that the Hebrew word for spirit is gender neutral. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, the Greek word is gender neutral, uh, pneuma. The, the Hebrew word does, in some instances, have, uh, is a feminine word. And again, this is a part of, I, I think, I'm not a lind- Linguistics guy. I barely speak English. I'm from Kentucky. So me talking about Amen. <laughs> me talking about linguistics and grammar, I'm I'm gonna sound even more of a moron than I typically am. But we do know in in 
Spanish, there are some words that are masculine and some words that are feminine. Yep. Okay? That's the same in Hebrew. There are words that are masculine, there are words that are feminine. But when the Hebrew word for spirit even though it may have a feminine form to it, that has nothing to do with gender identity. And so what we're trying to do is, is put the, a gender identity on, on what would be what might be referred to as a, a feminine word, but it has nothing to do with the gender identity of the spirit. The spirit has no gender, but as in all places throughout Scripture, the Godhead is always referred to in masculine terms, both the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, every time, always masculine uh, words used to describe and refer to the Holy Spirit. It feels like this is a question um, that's not being asked probably by the rest of the world. And it probably wasn't asked in the first... When they were writing Hebrew and they were telling the story of yeah. God creating the world, yeah. I don't, I, I just don't think this is what they were wondering, right? Right, Be, and this is very much a because of our cultural sure. context, right? Yeah. Probably way more. Like I don't, I don't ever even remember having a class in Bible college that talked about the gender of God. Yeah, would you? No. I mean, you're pretty more recent than the us two guys over here. No, not that, or I missed that. I skipped that class. You skipped for the that day, with that day, that yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. So, you just went out. Nothing I can. Recall. You're just a football meathead. Yeah. You, weren't even, you, <laughs> yeah. you weren't even talk. I had to watch film. Yeah. But again, I think that is a very. Uh, again, I think some of the things that we are having conversations about in an American Christian context, the rest of the world is not trying to figure out. Yeah. That doesn't make us. Better or worse, I don't right. think. And it definitely doesn't make the eastern side of the world worse, that they're right. not as advanced as us. Right. But I do think it harms us sometimes. I think mm-hmm. there's some harm in trying to answer a question that the Bible writers are not trying to answer. Just like you always say, they're not trying to uh, prove that there is a God. Yeah. They have the assumption that there is. Right. And this is what our God did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the short answer is... We have to try to get away from the idea that God is male or female. He is not either. Both men and women, both Adam and Eve, were made in God's likeness. They both bore his image. And so we're trying to to split apart something that God never intended. We are image bearers of God, both men and women made in his image. He is not male. He is not female. Um, but again, all of the language, you can't, a spirit by its very definition is, has no gender. By, but by everything that we read in scripture, he is referred to as in masculine terms. And I think we would do well to follow Jesus' example and, and call the Holy Spirit a heap because that's a manifestation of our God who revealed himself in that way. Yeah, is it isn't it Revelations that talks about that he's Jasper and Carnelian and all these rubies and jewels? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and make gender make that make sense. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> like, I, I read that. And I'm like, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah. I never seen no guy walking around that looks like Jasper's. And Car- you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't. Is make- lightning male or female? Right. He's got he shines yeah. like the sun. Is the sun male yeah. or female? Right. I don't know. It's very hard. So, well, that's all the questions we got. You guys got anything, Corey? You got anything to add just about our? Conversations over the Holy Spirit. I know you're part of our sermon group, and um, any any yeah. last thoughts? 
I don't think so. Just excited for the next few weeks here. So <laughs> that's I don't know if I'd use that <laughs> word, but yeah, sure. <laughs> excited. Oh, excited. Jason, what do you got? So this coming week, I'm gonna begin by stating this very obvious fact. As we come to this whole conversation related to the Holy Spirit, I think in my sermon, I say something like, Josh, help me remember here. Um, I am not God. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. And so if we just all have that attitude when we're coming to any of these conversations that are frankly above all of our pay grade yeah. <laughs> that would that kind of humility will make these conversations a whole lot better for all of us so uh, just come with that kind of heart on Sunday hey I'm not God I could actually be wrong yeah and so if you've uh, been missing being offended for sure come on Sunday <laughs> and uh, we're definitely probably you're gonna sit there and go wait a minute I, that's not what I learned I, somebody else <laughs> told me something else what's uh-uh. wrong with you <laughs> well great man uh, uh, thanks for uh, listening in with us until uh, next time see you next week Well, that's a wrap on episode two of Someone is Missing on our Becoming Better podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in with us and and journeying along with us. Uh, As always, if you have any questions uh, regarding um, this week's sermon, feel free to jump on our website, quadcity.church, and uh, shoot us those questions. We always enjoy getting the opportunity to answer those for you guys to help bring a little more clarity as we all are trying to become better uh, disciples of Jesus. So until next time, uh, we'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.